to the world of Pokémakers. I'm Professor Fierce. And I'm Professor Fierce. But if that's too confusing, you can call us... JD. And Alex. For some people, Pokémon are pets. Others use them for battles. We're here to create all new Pokémon. And a world for them to inhabit. Last time, we talked about our Routes 1, both North and South Route 1. We planned out the areas. We talked about how they map out. We talked about like the little twists and turns, different grass areas. There'd be a bus stop on them to go and meet the Professor at the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. And we also talked about our true normal rodent Pokemon. Yeah, our quote-unquote Rattata clone replacing Playsum that we had considered for that role. We have Pikol! Which evolves into Zapika, based on the Pika. The American Pika. So it looks like a Pikachu-ish. A little, it's got some Pikachu touches, like it's got little cheeks. Yeah. And some like electric-y stripes. Yeah, but it doesn't have a tail. Nope, no tail. And it screams. And big round ears. <laughs> so round. It's very round. Today, I wanted to talk about one of the post-game areas. So let's go on over to the town map. So when we say post-game areas, like we've already got style and we've got our post-game battle facility. Mm-hmm. So by post-game areas, what sort of thing are you thinking about? We've talked a little bit about having a bit of land that extends either to the north or south that you just can't get to early in the game. So you have to backtrack to those earlier areas to explore a new area. Yeah, just parts of the region you can't quite access. So say in the Sinnoh-based games, you've got the island to the northeast that you get to in the post-game. In Black and White, the original Original Nova games, you've got the entire eastern part of the region of the mainland that you mm. only get to in the post game. So areas you can't explore until you've beaten the Pokemon League. Yeah, and like I said, we wanted to have two, one for each version or each starting town. Yeah, but still both would be like you'd essentially traverse these the exact same between both games because they're post games. Yeah, yeah. You've got yeah. access to all of your things by that point. Yeah. So in the north it's gonna be something. We'll talk about that later. Okay, so we're not focusing on the north there, we're talking about the south end of the region. Yes, but the north will be cold and the south will be not cold. What a bold strategy. (laughs) (laughs) So I was looking for some kind of inspiration or source for what we could do with a significant sort of land mass in the southern part of the region. Some little area. There could be a town that's in that area that's a fully post-game town. There could Mm -hmm. be like some side quests or whatever. So what are we thinking? Judging on from like where we want this to be located and the real world equivalent. I'm thinking of something inspired by the Mojave Desert, specifically. There are a series of deserts on the western side of the United States, mostly just east of the mountains because it creates a rain shadow, so there's not as much moisture in that area. Some of the more northern deserts are a bit more scrubland, less deserty, and more just kind of like small bushes and small plants and stuff, but the Mojave is fairly varied as far as climate goes because it's a large region, but it's a little bit more of that traditional desert. You're going to have cactuses, you're going to have some sand dunes, you're going to have a wide variety of deserty things. And so I'm not sure exactly what direction to take that in. For example, Las Vegas is located in the Mojave Desert. Okay, so it's extending a little bit out of California then. It covers a chunk of California and then goes into Nevada. Yeah. So like a big chunk of it is in California. Sure, yeah, That's why I'm I'm probably thinking like, let's not do Vegas. Yeah, that that doesn't quite feel like it's got the right vibe for us, especially for a post-game area. Yeah, but Death Valley is in California Mm, and that is on Earth it is one of the hottest, (laughs) driest and lowest places. Like it 
it's like below huh. sea level. Oh, wow. Yeah. Prehistorically, it probably was a lake that dried up and became a desert. And it just never gets cold enough or wet enough to actually like rain there properly again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like one of the driest places on Earth. Yeah. So that's a fun thing to play with. Yeah. So one thing to bear in mind before we get too far into this is we're getting very close to an area that has already been covered by Pokemon. There's an area that's already going to be similar that we might want to try and avoid or at least consider to see like how that was done. And that's the Ore region, which is the region from the GameCube games Pokemon Coliseum and Pokemon <laughs> XD Gale of Darkness. And they're specifically based on Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, wow. Yeah. The whole idea that you've got several towns, but like you don't traverse routes. It's not a traditional Pokemon game. Imagine they split a Pokemon game into two parts. Some of those parts went into Pokemon Legends Arceus and all the parts that aren't in Pokemon Legends Arceus are in the GameCube games. Okay. Like, the traditional battling style, for instance, yeah. is in those games. But you don't catch wild Pokemon. Okay. So this is going on in a massive desert. A lot of the towns have a very similar aesthetic as a result of this. Mm. You've got some that are a bit more run down. One that's a bit of an oasis. You've got an area that's a research laboratory out there. Mm-hmm. And no routes. You travel across the sandy areas on a futuristic hover bike. Sure. Because there's nothing to explore in those routes. There's no wild Pokemon there because yeah. it's too inhospitable an environment for them. We're not going quite to that extreme. No. I'm thinking more most Pokemon games have a desert area. The first desert that you had in a Pokemon game was in Ruby and Sapphire, the home based games. The desert known as Route 111. (laughs) (laughs) They weren't given... I don't know why they didn't give it a name quite frankly. It definitely seems like an area that should have had a name. Especially as Route 111 isn't entirely the desert. The desert is just a part of the route. Sure. Every region has like a little section. I have like a memory of I think it was Kalos. Of just like getting lost Oh, yeah. In, like, that deserty section. It was more of, like, a dirty desert rather than... But it was really big. It is a big... Yeah, that's just sort of a big open expanse. One fun thing that came from the sandstorm always raging is that the only Pokemon you could find there in the wild were Pokemon that wouldn't take damage from the sandstorm. I personally am very much in favor of that, so I would much rather see Pokemon primarily that can't be affected by it, at least in areas where there is an active sandstorm. I imagine there's probably some sort of cave area here. Sure, yeah. Maybe there's even a small oasis. That was a thing I was going to list. Awesome. I was about to read to you my list of potential things that we could put in this area. Then by all means, tell me what you got. So mines. Okay. Plenty of natural resources that could be mined. Cool, cool. We already have a ghost town, but this is an area that has plenty of ghost towns. There are some lakes. They're usually saltwater lakes and oases. Mm-hmm. There aren't very many, but there are a few. We could have some kind of archaeological or paleontological. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. dig site. Oh, dig- that's especially good because then like, as opposed game thing, you can get access to fossils from older games. From other regions. regions, Which, like, you wouldn't do in our game because the area where you get the fossils in our game is a very different area. It's tar pits. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot. I definitely think we should have something like that. Yeah. Or even just they're studying the geology of the area because there's a lot of rock formations and stuff. There's sand dunes. That's something you could play with. There is a national park that's like a poppy field. You could just throw in just a bunch of flowers. One thing I'd like to have in the area is a low population, but some kind of settlement, yeah. some kind of small town. Yeah. It could maybe have just have some like ghost town aspects to it. Not actually mm-hmm. a ghost town, but like it's just a very old kind of rundown town. Yeah, yeah. I'd love it to have characters there mention that the Ore region is nearby 
by and they that, have contact with them. Cool, yeah. Just little, little nods like that for people who know. Yeah, definitely like a little town is good. Maybe a little bit run down because it's so out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I really like the idea that there is some kind of archaeological dig site and excavations yeah. going on. And that makes me think of like a bit of an open expanse but nearby to a mountain area where more excavation could be going yes. on. Yes, that's actually what I was thinking. So you can't go to this area right off the bat. If you're playing Pokemon North and you're starting in the south, this area is pretty close to your starting area. But you mm-hmm. can't get there. It's yeah. on the other side of a mountain range. Mm. It's collapsed or flooded or... One thought that comes to my mind is there is a mountain face that's obfuscating it essentially. And by the time of the post game, they've just drilled a tunnel through the mountain. Sure, it's, like, yeah. ongoing it's... works. There's like a tunnel in that's... construction. Yeah, yeah. So you get the cave area to explore on the way there. Yeah. So go through a cave to get there and then desert on the other side. Yeah. Maybe part of the cave there's some archaeologists or yeah. geologists or some mm. like like in there studying the rocks or whatever and then they're like oh hey if you're interested in this stuff come find us out in the desert where we've got our base set up and then you go out there and get your stuff. <laughs> I just started thinking about the desert areas in New Pokemon Snap mm. and how nice some of those aesthetics could be. Yeah. Like those cliff faces that have got onyx holes in them. Yeah onyx that's burrows. fun. That's fun. We show someone's got a Perthworm that they've been using helping the excavation. Yeah. Perthworm is yep. I like the aesthetic of those like layered rocks. Rocks that have been worn down. Yeah yeah. Obviously some cactuses. Yep. A little bit of cacti action in there. Yeah. The sand dunes become a thing in some more recent games. Yeah of, yeah yeah. Like, there were definitely some or, of that. Uh, sand clouds like whirling and swirling yes. that you can find Pokemon hiding in. Yeah. As well as just there's Pokemon in the overworld so you don't need to necessarily go into grass. Yeah. So yeah archaeological. Yeah. Dig. Okay. Is it archaeology which is the study of people? Is it paleontology with the study of dinosaurs or is it geology where they're looking at cool rocks? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there could be various scientists working on all sorts of things. It could be a collaborative dig. Sure, okay. Generic dig site. Yeah. We made this new breakthrough where we've discovered that actually some of these Pokemon we thought lived long before humans lived alongside humans. That's fun. And maybe they'll have some like evolution stones for you that Ooh, they dug yeah, up. Okay. And then also they've got fossils for you. Mm-hmm. So you get a little bit of everything there. They have you do like little side quests for them probably. Okay, sure. Like what what sort of thing we thinking? I didn't get that far. <laughs> that, that just came to me just now. No, I like it. I, just because, like, you're getting a lot yeah. from this one location. Mm-hmm. Like, you gotta earn it. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm just thinking that, like, there's an area you can go and explore, and that's good. It's also fun if we can give people something to do in that area. Yeah. So maybe it's just a matter of, like, catch me a specific Pokemon that is found out in the desert and bring it back because, like, we want to study the f- sure. effects of it in regards to this evolution stone. So kind of some of those Legends Arceus-style side quests of yeah. people being like, yes, I have this particular problem. Please solve it with this particular kind of Pokemon. That's at least for one of them. Sure. Like they can all be different things. Yeah. So like that would be like Evolution Stone. It would be like bring me this Pokemon because uh-huh. I want to see how it reacts. Paleontology they're going to give you a fossil. Yeah. Or maybe they'll give you the tools to go and excavate your own fossils. That will, that'll do. You yeah. join in on it in some way. And so like, if then if you want to get the yeah. thing your side quest is going and finding the thing yourself. I think you'd still have to take it to go and revive it in the yeah. same place you would do it with the tar based fossils. Yes. You go to that museum and they're like well it's a bit different than what we're used to but let's give it a go yeah and then you can take it back and they're like ah that's the thing that's and the pokemon get all excited and they give yeah. you some other reward yeah what does the archaeology guy give you uh for people stuff ancient humans living alongside pokemon they don't necessarily have to give you something okay that's fair it could just give you information tell you a story yeah. or something world building and just actually hold on to that thought okay i know what they're gonna give you okay so there's probably at least a couple routes here do we have any named areas is the mountain named is that like is the tunnel you come through it probably is like the something tunnel. Hmm. It's not too important for now. Brock 
tunnel can be a placeholder name. Sure. It's kind of fun because Kanto had an area that was just called Rock Tunnel. <laughs> this was Rock Tunnel B or <laughs> Brock Tunnel. Okay, so there's a little town out there. Do you want to name the little town? We should name the town. Just like a very basic little town. It's got a Poke Center. It's got a Poke Mart. It's got like a little shop that yeah, maybe yeah. looks like an abandoned gas station or something. <laughs> you know, like a really old gas station. So uh, what should we call Little Town? Right. If we're doing this as an Ori thing, maybe we can find a character from the Ori game. Sure, yeah. I don't remember many of the characters. Dr. Kaminko. An eccentric scientist who lives in a rundown mansion. Plays a supporting role of moderate importance. Generally useless but sometimes viable inventions such as Robo Kyoga. Okay, this is Egan. There, yes, there's yeah. yes. Kaminko City. Oh, I don't think it's a city. I think it'd be a town. Kaminko Town. I guess that works too. I don't know of a reason why we shouldn't use Kaminko because I don't know these games well enough. Let's just go Kaminko Town. Kaminko Town. I specifically like calling this a town though because that calls back to all the Pokemon game style of naming settlements, mm, yeah. including the towns in Pokemon Coliseum and Game. Of darkness. <laughs> nice. So it very much feels like honestly, this town probably has more connection to the Ori region than it tends to with this game. I think as well, like the outskirts of the town, the reason you can't go further is because the sandstorm becomes too dangerous to keep traveling that way for you because you don't have the right gear. Yeah. And just say, yeah, in that direction is the rest of the Ori region where they've got more appropriate gear to yeah. deal with it. No, that's it. That's it. Cool. Cool. Is there anything else you want to say about these routes and we mentioned that there's probably a little oasis area, yeah. so like maybe you can find some water. Pokemon yeah, it, it just gives you a chance to get some Pokemon that aren't particularly deserty. Some you can get grass up. You get all sorts of Pokemon there. Yeah, actually. just a little bit of variety. Yeah. But that's that's more of a like an aesthetic sort of yeah. area, or like a, an area for variety rather than yeah. function. Again, maybe you go there as part of one of these side quests and yeah. little missions yeah. and stuff. Okay. Which means, what is the time for, JD? Who's that Pokemon? Alright Alex, you're leading as well with our Pokemon today. Have you got some kind of Pokemon that's got something to do with our post-game area? Yeah, I do. We wanted to have some post-game legendaries. Mm. Or like Maybe we should also be thinking about mythical Pokemon that are event Pokemon or whatever. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Maybe they're more in the mythical vein. What I have in mind is definitely a bit smaller. Maybe yeah. then you can only find these Pokemon once you've had access to an event from Nintendo. So when you head out to this area, to this desert, maybe you've been told to keep an eye out for something. There has been a sighting of something strange out in the desert. Um, Porter asks you about it. Porter asks you nice. to go get a little bit of information for him because he wants to write a story on mm. this. But also maybe the professor asks you, hey, if you get a chance to go check this out, yeah. I'm very curious as to what that's about. I could imagine it being that as you come through the tunnel and you step out of the tunnel into the desert area, there's basically a little mini cutscene dialogue bit. Mm -hmm. You find the professor and Porter are already there like talking to each other. Yeah. Try. Rather than having to go to where they are, they're just there they explain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that works pretty good. Yeah. Basically, they tell you that some kind of Pokemon that has only been spoken of in Legends has been... <laughs> Spotted in the desert. A Pokemon what? from Legends? A Pokemon from Legends? Some kind of legendary Pokemon? What? <laughs> this stuff writes itself. You know what I, you know what I'm talking about. You know the cutscene. A Pokemon that we didn't think was real. A Pokemon no one's ever really heard of before. Specifically a Pokemon that we didn't think was real. Mm. A Pokemon that we thought was a hoax. Oh. A Pokemon that we thought was an invention of mankind. And yet we think that we saw one. What I'm hearing is some kind of cryptid Pokemon. Yeah! We've already got our Bigfoot, we've got our uh, Sasquatch in Spookoom, but... There are a wide variety of North American cryptids. Yeah. And 
I love them. Yeah. I mean, there's cryptids everywhere in the world. America's got a more unique culture with it, because while there are, like, plenty of Native American ones as well, but there's also more modern ones, which have a very different feel than what you get from, say, Japanese yokai. Yes, yes. And also, we've already got a theme of this in the game by having Team Astro seeking out Spookoom. And Team Astro, you probably encounter at some point in this. Sure. I like that you mentioned that America has some more modern cryptids, because this one in particular is from the 1930s, nice. is where it originated from, which is relatively modern in regards to legends and stuff. Yeah, I mean, this cryptid is newer than Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, I'll stop beating around the bush. It's a jackalope. Nice. Uh, if you Classic. are unfamiliar with the jackalope, it originated in the 1930s. Some hunter taxidermists were like, hey, what if we put these deer antlers on this rabbit and sell it to a hotel? And it became like a thing. It's just a rabbit with deer antlers. It's a it's a rabbit with deer antlers. Specifically, and... um, antelope antlers. Yeah. Because it's a jackrabbit antelope is yeah. what jackalope is. But they're usually just deer antlers. It's the classic idea of like the mermaid that was done by fishermen long ago as well. Like, yeah. Longer ago, I guess. And also the same kind of thing that people thought platypi were. Yeah. People just thought it was, oh, you've just taken a duck's bill and stuck it on the front of a beaver. Yeah. It's like, no, no, that was actually that real. That real. So uh, why can't this one be? Exactly. So the jackalope is just a rabbit with antlers. There is like a weird genetic disease that some rabbits can mm. get that make them look like they have horns and that could potentially be an origin. Yeah, it partly not... played into the idea of it. Like people yeah. saw these running around in the wild and were like, oh, well, I'm going to make this and be like, yeah, this is what it was. Yeah. There are like Vopeltingers. Yeah. I was just about to talk about that. Yeah. They're Germanic. Yeah. German folklore. A very similar creature that, again, got those similar antlers, but also has wings and fangs. Yeah. So that's like a little bit different. If we weren't doing this specifically as a legendary, it's the kind of thing you could imagine it evolving into one. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we could do something like, I don't know, something akin to like Manaphy, mm, where yeah. it's got the relation to Fionn. Like Manaphy can be bred with Ditto to get Fionn, but Fionn doesn't evolve into Manaphy and can't, like, there's no other way to really mm. connect. Or maybe we just mention there are similar stories from around the world, but they're all a little bit different, that mm. kind of thing. Like, we just yeah. have the characters mention that instead of, I don't know, maybe some kind of future region can have a Warpath thing of Pokemon. Yeah, and I like that you mentioned that someone is giving you a little bit of info on it because I think mm -hmm. the professor and Porter. Porter ask you to do a little dig and get a little information, suggest that you go over to the dig site where there's an archaeologist who uh -huh. has a little bit of info on the background of this creature. Cool. And they tell you a little bit about its origins. Seems similar to things that exist in other parts of the world. You know, they, they give you this, this whole little info dump and then maybe give you a hint as to where to start looking for it. So the actual Pokemon itself, it's a jackalope. It's, yeah. it's a, it's okay. a well, so, rabbit yeah, so, without like... Alright, so let's talk about the design of it. One thought I've got is that we want to make sure it doesn't feel too similar to the hairball line. Yes. It doesn't have the same body type or the same shape. It's not based on no. quite the same kind of rabbit. It's based on a hair. A jackrabbit is a hair. Sure. They are bigger. They've got really big ears that stick up to like help aerate heat and stuff to get mm -hmm. heat off of them. They can jump a lot further. How are we going to make sure it feels different though? Jackrabbits are pretty big. Okay, so maybe we play around with the proportions of it. Maybe it is bulkier than yeah. the hairball line. I want to change the shape of the face in some way as well. Like, okay, yeah. Maybe it's got a flatter face or... Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Maybe we could bring in the fangs of the Warpertinger. That could be fun. A bit. Yeah. Make this thing like a little bit scary. Mm. What if we just combine it with a Warpertinger? What if it's a bit of both? Sure. Maybe it's got like... Maybe it's got hidden wings that it can bring out. It doesn't always bring them out. Or it could have an alternate form as wings, kind of like Shaman. Ooh. 
So let's just hold that for now. It's going to have two forms. It's going to have a form that's a simple jackrabbit and then a form that becomes a bit more warpedinger, which is basically just adding the wings. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. What sort of colouring do you want to go for? Ooh. Because this is one, we talked about this a bit last time, where we wanted to start bringing in some more fantastical colours. And this is definitely one that I feel like that could apply It's a to. fantasy creature. Yeah. Or should we talk about the type first and then come to the colours from that? Because the, type, that might inform type it. Type first. Type what, first. What sort of types are you thinking for this thing? I mean, it could be normal. Brown? Oh. Because they don't burrow the way that rabbits do. They make like little indents in the ground that uh, they live in. You're talking about hairs. Yes, I'm talking about hairs. Bear in mind, we're not making a hair. We're making a jackalope, which could be completely fictitious and have its own entire own. That's true. Ground is a vibe, but it doesn't okay. have to be ground. I so mean, obviously like form change, does it type change when form change? They can do. So you did ground and flying. Okay. Are you thinking pure ground that changes to pure flying? Mm, probably a secondary type. Okay. But I'm not sure what. Maybe like psychic? Well, the thought that comes to mind for me is fairy. Oh, fairy's good. So it would go fairy ground and become fairy flying. Yeah. Fairy ground is particularly interesting because that's a unique type combination that's never is been it done. really? They've never made a fairy ground type. Well, then let's do that. That's fun. Okay. So primary fairy type and then it's either ground or flying depending on what form it's in. Yeah. What changes its form? It mm. can be an ability. That's a very common thing for Pokemon. But legendaries, it's often the case it's just an item that you use on it outside of battle. And when it's in battle, it just has one form or the other. Yeah. Or occasionally there's a move that it would use in battle. It would be a signature move. And part of that move's effects is it changes. I like move or item. Okay. Those, those are good. Especially like you can get the item, you come back to the archaeologist mm -hmm. and they're like, hey, like I found this thing. And they're like, ah, whoa, like thank you for showing me this. Here's a reward and it's the item that allows you to do the... Okay. I'm not sure what would work here. The only thing that comes to mind is a, like a plaque as though you were going to mount its head. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of that would be associated with a jackalope. That is, yeah, there, it doesn't have a lot of association. Wait, wait, wait. What if it, it is a whole item, let's say. Mm -hmm. So it's, it can only change form when it's holding this item, which means that the other form is probably going to be a little bit stronger, the flying form. Mm -hmm. It's just a pair of wings. <laughs> it's just a fake pair of wings because it, that's the idea of it. It's been tacked to them. It's been made. Yeah. And so you're just attaching wings to it physically. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sure. Okay, so it's got a fake pair of wings that we attach to it to change its form. Elusive wings. I like that. It's even rarer to see it in its winged form because they're so elusive. Yeah. All right, now we can go back and talk about colors. So form change means it could look a little bit different. Absolutely could. I think it probably doesn't change drastically. Yeah, like the wings could be sort of cloud-like. Mm, could be fun. That's very fun. Uh, like, like the homemade wings that you're attaching are made of like cotton wool or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so white wings. Yeah could go like blue and go for that cloud vibe and part of the reason it's so elusive is that it just blends into the sky. Sure, but it's only got that flying ability when we give it the wings. Yeah. The rest of the time it's on the ground. Yeah. Let's talk about the base form. What color is that? Uh, what about green? You want it to blend into its environment. Oh. Although, it, yeah, I suppose it's in the desert, but no, it's not. It's fine. It's green. No, no, if it's green, I'm picturing like its ears. It's got tall ears and mm -hmm. it just looks like a cactus from a distance. Oh. Like it just stays really still. There we go. It's got a vague cactus aesthetic to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not grass type. No. But it's just, it's for... Neither pseudo-woodo. Yeah. It's for the purpose of camouflage. Yeah. It's evolved to look like a plant. And then it looks kind of yeah. spiky. Yeah. But it's just tufts of fur stuck it's just, up. Yeah. It's just, it's just hair. And those, those tufts should be like a slightly different color at least. Yeah. It's not like that it's just gotten ruffled. Those tufts specifically grow up. Yeah. Vague cactus vibes. Here's the thing. I think it's funnier and more interesting if it doesn't change color when it becomes flying type. And it's just now a flying cactus. 
Sure. I think that's funnier. I think it better plays into the idea that we are just attaching the wings to it. Yeah. I think it basically looks exactly the same when you attach the wings to it as it like as it did. It's just now there's wings on it. Sure. I think that's yeah. really funny. Yeah. It's like a cactus with horns. <laughs> oh right, right. Yeah, the horns and the, ho- the horns are obviously a different color. I forgot about the horns for a moment. Which yeah. Is the whole point. Yeah. But um, again, that that just plays into the cactus vibe even more, really, doesn't yeah. it? Like shaped almost like cactus limbs. The horns are probably like white. I'm thinking about cow skulls that have been left in the desert. Oh, like, bleached by the that's sun. that's fun. My other thought was that like, so from a distance, you wouldn't really be able to pick out the colors anyway. And from the distance, again, the antlers would kind of be giving the impression of the cactus arms. Mm-hmm. But then from up close, you see like the whole thing is kind of cactusy. And then like the horns on top of it are essentially where you'd expect there to be some kind of flower. Oh. Cactus flower, right? Yeah. So it could almost be pink. Ooh. Maybe like they're mostly white, but they tint pink towards the ends. Yeah, pink tint. Like they've just got like a little, the ends become pink. Yeah. Very vibrant, very strange, very unnatural feeling. Very, yeah, very like, like what the heck is this? It's got this some pink and white horns and it's got a rabbit-like body, but it looks like a cactus. No, that's made up. You faked that. Yeah, that can't be real. There are people who have seen this thing and even in the wild and they still just don't believe it's a real thing. Yeah, like there's no way that that's real. <laughs> Let's name this thing. Yeah. We got some fun things to work with we, here. There's some incredible words here. Jackalope. Yeah, Jackalope. And we've got Warpletinger to play and off of. Warpletinger. I'm not sure if it's Warpletinger or Vorp- Vorpel. Wolper. The L is before the P. Wolper. Wolpertinger. Vol or Wolpertinger. Wolpertinger. Yeah. Cactalope. Cackalope. Jactus. Jactus. <laughs> Taxidermy. Jacksidermy. Taxalope. Taxalope? Taxalope. Bringing taxidermy into the into the name, I love. Yeah. I'm very into that. If we can make that work, I really like that. Taxidermy derived from the Greek words taxis and derma. Taxis means arrangement and derma means skin. So do you want to go more for drawing on arrangement or skin? Arrangement. I think arrangement. So I think we want to get the taxi part in there. I like taxalope. Jackalope is good. That, I think that's my favorite. For what it's worth, in jackalope, like the actual word itself isn't strictly just portmanteau because you've got jack from jackrabbit, you've got lope from antelope, but it's an A in the middle, which doesn't come from either word because in antelope, mm. it's an E. I mean, the alternative here is jacksidermy, <laughs> which is terrible. What's the, what's that, the word for rabbits? Hares and jackrabbits are mammals belonging to the genus lepus. What if it's taxalep instead of taxalope? Or what if taxalep? So essentially, in lope, you're changing out the O to an E. Oh, like that? Oh, you're thinking leap? leap? Because it jumps? Hmm. What if it's the first spelling, but then, like, it's clearly also drawing on the idea of leaping. Whereas if it's just the word leap, then I feel like we've lost the idea of it being a jackalope as well. Alright, yeah, taxa-leap. Taxa-leap. Abilities. Hmm. Do the abilities change when the form changes? It could. Does that happen? It doesn't have to, but it can. What do we want to draw on that, I guess? I want it to be fast. Is there an ability that makes you faster over time? Speed boost. And mythical Pokemon tend to only just have just have one ability anyway, so we just give it speed boost and that's that. Unless we want it to change when it changes form. Okay. Do you want it to change from that? Or do you want to keep that? So it's just a matter of is it still gaining speed over time, whether it's flying or not? Or I think not when it's flying. Okay. So what does it do when it's flying instead? What are some flying some flying abilities? <laughs> what are some flying? Some common flying abilities. Oh? Well, so there's one ability that's currently the signature ability of the Fletchling evolution line, Gale Wings, when it's at full HP, gives priority to flying type moves, so it's still fast, but in a different way. Oh, 
that's fun. I, I think I like Galings. Yeah, that one works. Galings is neat. Yeah. When Taxileep is in its winged form. I think just ground form, flying form. Yeah. Okay. So how do you find it? So like you're sent off to go and look for it. Is there something specific you have to do in order to look for it? So once you've downloaded this event into your game, then the cutscene that has the professor and Porter there is triggered. Yes. Porter has the item and gives it to you, which is a photo. A, a blurry photo. A blurry, grainy photo. And it's like, this is all we've got. Yeah. Can you do a little digging for me? And yeah. And so you have to go this. and search for it and you find, you find things that almost look like it could be that for a while. Yeah some cactuses and stuff yeah there. maybe you find a digger's bee sure and it's like oh that's not it or it could just be something else green you could find another thing where you just see some antlers and you think that could be it and it turns out it's just another pokemon that has antlers what's the crucial moment where you finally find it i think maybe at the oasis oh yeah okay you see its reflection in the water and then you see the reflection move yeah and it's jumping and then you battle yeah and then you fight it <laughs> So today... We have talked about the post-game desert area. Yeah. We didn't really give a name to the desert. We'll come back and name some areas later. We still haven't named our... Uh, Tarpit? Tarpit. We have made a post-game area that is a desert. There's an archaeological dig. There's a cave. There's a oasis and a small town. Mm. Inspired by the real world Mojave Desert and Death Valley in yeah. California, those yeah. areas. We also made Taxileep, a jackalope, vorpal, 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 Vulper, Vulpertinger. It's hard. Vulpertinger. <laughs> it's a jackalope. Sometimes it has wings, but also it's a cactus. <laughs> it's, it tricks people into thinking it's a cactus. It's a fairy ground type that changes form into a fairy flying type. It's mythical. It's our first mythical Pokemon. Yeah. So thank you for listening to Pokemakers. And thank you to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting us. You can find other cool shows on the network, such as... Them's the Facts. Green Mountain Mysteries. And our other show, Sorted. Our theme music is by Mike Freitag. You can find him on Twitter, at Admiral Amara. You can also find us on Twitter, at Pokemakers. And you can find us both individually. I'm at Codename JD. And I'm at Pachu, P-T-C-H-E-W. While you're there on Twitter, if you have any thoughts, ideas, concepts, or art you'd love to share based on the podcast or otherwise fake one in general, we would love to see it. The Pocket Podcast Network now has a community public Discord. Yeah, so if Twitter's not your thing, yeah. if you want to hang out on our Discord and send us your thoughts, yeah. we're going to have a channel in our section that is just our Pokedex. Yeah, you'll be able to find all of our Pokemon. I'm going to do full posts. I'm going to post stats and things on there as well. Like mm. the nitty gritty behind the scenes details that would not be good listening. And the stuff that won't fit on Twitter. Yeah. So if you want like super in-depth Pokedex stuff, uh, you don't have to be talking there either. You could just be lurking. Yeah. You're welcome to lurk. I lurk in every Discord server <laughs> I'm in. The link for that will be in the description of this episode. But until next time, gotta, gotta make, make them, them all. all. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket. Hi, I'm John. I'm Gabe. I'm Chris. We're three friends who went to college together. Hey, Gabe, did you know that Akira Kurosawa has a writing credit on Star Wars? I didn't know that. Good, because I made it up. I have one. The creator of the Frisbee made his ashes into a commemorative run of Frisbees. I don't believe you. That's 100% real, my dude. Them's the Facts, a show about fun facts and lying to your friends. Every other Wednesday. On the Pocket Podcast Network.